0: Hello friends, welcome back to Stories by Tea, a podcast about telling stories and enjoying conversations. I am your host Tea and welcome to episode one of Stories by Tea. This is our first official episode and I'm going to start off by just kind of telling a really interesting story that I came um, across where it's not really, it's, 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 a true crime story, but you know, um, story kind of simplifies what it is, but, um, this is going to be the first episode. So we're, so please bear with me. We're just going to try to, you know, figure out the, the sequence for, for this podcast moving forward. So we are starting, Um, this episode in my home country, um, Nigeria, which is in West Africa. So we're starting off our very first episode um, with a murder story from Nigeria. So this is um, a story about a young lady called Cynthia Okogosu. So, um, this is the murder of Cynthia So This happened um, July 21st of 2012. Um, so, just to kind of give a little background about how these episodes are going to be run, they're going to be pretty informal. It's just going to be me telling the story, just kind trying to catch up with you. So, you know, bear with me. Just bear with your girl. So, um, so Cynthia. So, we'll go back to Cynthia's story. So, Cynthia was a Nigerian woman. Um, and this is a story about how she was murdered by some... Guys that she met on Facebook. Oh man, the horrors of social media. Um, In any case, uh, we'll try to give a little bit of background about Cynthia. So, Cynthia um, was born um, on November 10th, 1987, in Delta State, which is um, a state in the southern part of Nigeria. Um, And it's so sad, like, when I read things like this, because I was born in 1988. I'm currently 31. So, Um, this lady died in 2012, she was so young, I think she was just 24, and it's so heartbreaking. But, um, so Cynthia was born in 1987, um, she seemed from, you know, what I'm able to read from, from, she seemed to be from a very good, kind of like, very wholesome family. Um, I think she had three older brothers. Um, so also, just to give, um, a little background, just so you guys are aware, I'm not, you know, a lot of this kind of stories that I'm pulling for are going to be from Wikipedia. It's also going to be from, you know, maybe just any different online sources. So, you know, this is not like I'm giving you some super necessarily credible source. Um, it's just my way of kind of relaying the story that should be fun and interesting. So, yeah. So let's go back to it. So Cynthia was born in 1987. Um, she was born. She had, I think she had... Three older brothers um, she seemed to be doing quite well for herself she um, was uh, I think at some point uh, a model she had a good job by the time she graduated from secondary school and also going into college it looks like she um, graduated um, with a major in English language and also pursued a a master's degree in public administration from um, an institution called Nasarawa State University. So she seemed to be, you know, faring pretty well for herself, doing pretty well for herself. Um, And so she got a job when she was quite young. She was also a a former model. So same, I mean, I I don't see a picture of her, but I'm guessing she was, um, you know, a beautiful lady and so she owned a boutique that was called dress code um, which she opened in Nasarawa state in 2007. Um, and so she was described as hardworking, she was loving and she was very industrious so keep in mind all of these things that i've said she's ac- accomplished she did obviously before her death and she died at the age of 24. so that's actually really impressive for um a young lady but in any case, it's very unfortunate. She developed some friendships with some guys that she met um, on Facebook. Ugh, man. And so she um, uh, had she formed a relationship with a newly added friend on Facebook. This friend was called Okwumi Ichesona Uwabufor. So 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 just to also give some background so these names are there are several tribes in nigeria um i personally am from a yoruba tribe and there is a there's another tribe called igbo there are several many tribes so a lot of the names that i'm pronouncing right now are igbo names so my pronunciation is not the best so please bear with me but um i do also feel like for me to relay the story i'm going to pronounce the name as best as i can so please absorb it as you can so she met this guy um called okumi Eche, echezona wabufor she met him via blackberry messenger so i remember back in like 2012 around that time blackberry messenger was huge like everyone always wanted like your bbm uh, message i don't know if it was as huge in the u.s which is where i was but i know in Nigeria was a very huge way of communicating with people like literally everyone needed to know your BBM before they even knew anything about you and so you would always kind of like form relationships with people and it's kind of crazy thinking about it because it seems like such a personal way of talking to people you know and sometimes you wouldn't really know them right so people would just meet you and be like oh let me get your BBM pin right and so it, people kind of it's almost kind of like getting someone's phone number before you even decide whether or not they're friends with you um, which kind of puts them in a very personal space I feel like well in any case this is how it was at that point and so she um Cynthia formed this relationship with this guy via her blackberry messenger over um the the over the pace of about four months and so she ended up also forming a friendship with his cousin, Ezekei Elechuku Oliza, Oliz, Loka. I'm going to try my best. Moving forward, we're going to call only their first names. So the first guy she met was Okomi, The second guy was Ezekei. So they formed a relationship. And so what they had said was that, oh, you know, that they're able to send her, um, Goods. so goods for so keep in mind remember that i said that she had a boutique so they said they could send her some goods for her to sell in her boutique in her retailing store from the us so once again this is not unusual right so a lot of people um you know who have businesses small businesses in nigeria or other parts of the world for that matter even in the us you know obviously there's a lot of import and export people are selling goods back and forth so a lot of times you know, you have someone who has a store back home and they have a contact here in the U.S. And so they would have them kind of figure out things that they want to sell and sell it back to them. So I presume that this is the type of relationship that she had that she formed with this person. And it's really unfortunate because apparently she already had a relationship with someone in the U.S. who often sent her goods for her business. But in any case, people told her that they were in the same business with her. And so they offered to sell um, items to her at a cheaper price. Who doesn't want something at a cheaper price, right? So she ended up accepting it accepting their offer should believe them um, which oh, man is so sad because this was 2012 right and we are in 2020 now and I think obviously over the course of you know eight years or how long social media has been active a lot more people are aware about the um, potential horrors of social media so I think that people probably not enough but people are a lot more um, cautious. Um, but it's so sad because, you know, people can just tell you anything and you believe them. But, you know, they told her that they could get her something to sell her this items at a cheaper price. She believed them, she formed a relationship with them. She probably figured she was being business savvy. She got a good deal, so she believed them. So this young man, they seem normal. They promised to host her when she came to Lagos, right? so she so so lagos is you know another state in nigeria so she is in delta state um and so she um at this point uh, was in nasarawa actually um she was born in delta but she was in nasarawa state and so she i guess was going to lagos to pick up these goods for her boutique and so she decided to meet this man and so she went And it's so sad because what she didn't know this entire time was that the first guy that she met, Okomi, had been stalking her for months and he had been trying to gain her confidence um, and trying to gain, you know, her friendship. And she didn't see it as, I guess, more than a business kind of associate um, or a friendly business business associate at least. But so they organized a trip so the trip was organized by him um, and obviously his cousin so on this fateful day july 21st 2012 cynthia flew to lagos um she flew from abuja which is the um, capital of nigeria actually and she flew to go meet this her new quote unquote retailers right to go get a better price offer for her clothes and her accessories for her fashion for her fashion boutique and so when she got there, she spoke to her mom apparently and told her that she had arrived safely and that you know things were good. And so everything presumably seemed good. Um and then oh man, this is so heartbreaking whenever I talk about things like this because it really makes you think about how like you just never know, you know what I mean? Like just putting trust in people. I mean, I know listening to a bunch of true crime stories, and you guys know if you're listening to true crime stories, like you can't trust anybody man you can't trust anybody sure as hell not someone you meet on facebook um that you don't know from anywhere um but i think at this point it probably wasn't as um prevalent then it wasn't happening so often but so i mean this is actually really geez these two men actually ended up picking her up from the Muratala Mohammed um international airport which is in lagos um which is like she put a lot of trust in this man like, for her to go all the way to meet them on her own, they picked her up from the airport. And then they drove her to a hotel in in Lagos. And so it's so sad. At this point, they get to a hotel, to the hotel. And then they, you know, quote-unquote, entertained her, her. So they gave her this drink. It's a drink called Ribena, which is like, um, it, it's like a grape. Is he like a grape soda? Is it? Like, it's not soda. It's like a grape juice or something. Grape drink. I used to drink it a lot when I was younger. I would compare it to kind of like Kool-Aid, right? Um, so anyway, so they offered her this Ribena brand drink. Unfortunately, this drink was already um, pre-drugged with Rufinol. Um, which is, oh my God, so sad. And so um, they discovered... Which is this is really crazy. They discovered that the drug did not take effect quickly enough on her. So after they after that, they like proceeded to beat her and asked her to reveal where she kept her money. And so they had presumed that I guess maybe because they thought she had a boutique, they presumed that. She had a whole bunch of money and that she came with a whole bunch of money and I don't even know how much money this poor lady had on her or if she even had that much money on her um she said that she didn't have any money to spare so when they didn't get any money from her they tied her up they robbed her of all the money that she had brought to shop for her business um she has three blackberry um phones which is also was not unusual which I still think is like you know, now people carry more than one phone, but she had three BlackBerry phones. Um, they stole her jewelry, they stole her passport, her international passport. They took her driver's license, and then they raped her. Oh my God, it's it's so depressing and it's so it's just heartbreaking. They raped her and then they finally strangled her to death. And um and so this is when oh this is when you know these people are literally just uh, complete trash. Um, the next morning after all of this happened prior they actually literally spent the night with her with Cynthia's body um and then the next mo- morning they abandoned her in the hotel room they left the hotel room quickly and unfriended her like because that's really gonna make a difference like you unfriended her like that's you think people can track that it's so stupid but in any way they they, they unfriended her on Facebook. Um, to try to re, to try to kind of you know remove any trace of connection to her. Um, thankfully, thankfully, um, there was a hidden CCTV camera in the hotel room which recorded part of the event, which I'm so grateful for because I will say this right. So, um, as someone, you know, there there the the um, the criminal justice system in you know several parts of the world are very, very different. And there are some parts of the world that sometimes the criminal justice system, I mean, and and in in, in many parts of the world, and especially in the US, it's not by any stretch, you know, um, the best system at all. It fails people constantly, every single time. Um, But, you know, there's some, you know, kind of infrastructures that are put in place to really help sometimes some things like you know cctv or cameras that are set up in different places where if something happens you can find factual evidence of like this is what happened this is how it happened and it's not hearsay and there is no way for people who are you know have um bad intentions to be able to change the story so i think at least there is some um solace in in knowing that there was a hidden cctv camera here in the hotel which recorded part of the event So um, I'm not gonna go through all of the, you know, kind of ways about how it was found out. Um, The kind of main gist is that there was some kind of, um, you know, hotel shifts change situation um, where one of the hotel receptionists who initially checked in one of the men, some of the men last year, uh, I mean, last year, some of the men the night before Um, I think they had changed shifts, and then there was another person that checked in the next time. Um, So there was like a little little bit bit of back and forth there, which, you know, we don't really need to concern too much about. But what I think is really crazy is that, so these two men, right, they left in the morning, and this is where you know that they were just completely... Um they were just completely insane. They left in the morning. I think when one of them was leaving they had told one of the receptionists that they um that there was still someone in the room and that for them to leave the room I think open. So she just said like the room is still occupied. Um gave her the details like the receptionist the details and said just leave the room you know there. Um, and so then I think by, like, noon, um, I, like, I'm trying to, try to understand the sequence of events, but I think at some point, one of the brothers of the man actually came back into the room, um, and, Let's see, let's see, let's see. Let me make sure I give you guys as much of the detail as to be able to get it. But I also don't want to necessarily focus on all of these minor details because I think the startest part is just what happened to, you know, Cynthia. Um, but in any case, they go back and forth. Um, one of them, one of the brothers left the room, I think came back. Um, and then eventually, um, they actually... Ended up being this is how outrageous and ridiculously confident that they were is that at one point one of the brothers actually called the reception of the hotel and said that oh the um the, the occupant of the room already, already left and wouldn't be coming back and then proceeded to say um, go ahead and remove the idiot, and I say this in quote out of the room. This is the idiot is referencing Cynthia's corpse, which is just, I mean, just so insane. And so, um, and so this receptionist, you know, probably was thinking, what are you talking about? So they just figured, oh, maybe it's, they they left the girlfriend in the room and so she just figured okay i'll go check in on this girlfriend who they're calling an idiot not knowing this lady is already dead and this lady is going to pay for the room that these men have left so she goes to the room she calls multiple times tries to get into the room she doesn't get any response she calls a manager and then they knock several times and when they go in they see cynthia's lifeless body laying naked on the bed she was laying horizontally with her legs touching the ground I can just imagine the horror um, for the receptionist and the manager when they see this. And so they called the police and, um, you know, they were for them to be able to, you know, come in to investigate the situation. And so after the hotel found her body, unfortunately, because um, her ID cards, her mobile phones, um, her passport, everything had been stolen. So they actually couldn't even identify her body immediately. And they weren't able to call any family or any friends. And so they just left her body in a morgue in Lagos. And I just can't imagine, you know, so this is someone who, um, doesn't live in the, in, in the state of Lagos. She came from Nasarawa State, left her family wherever they were, and, comes to Lagos supposedly for a business transaction and this really horrific thing happens to her Um, no one knows who she is no one can ID her where would her family even go to start looking for her you know and so at this point unaware of anything happening to her her family and friends have been trying to call and i've been trying to reach out to her they've been trying to then pr- they've been praying for her safe re- return right so they tried calling her cell phone for five days but her phone was switched off and i cannot even imagine um you know her mom had tried to call for five days and so this is where you know i know that here in the us there's you know there's a time frame i think you know if so for for when you can call consider someone a missing person um man and i don't want to quote anything that is wrong i think you know maybe if, depending on if it's an adult or something maybe the person has to be gone for 48 hours or something for you to call i don't know what it is in nigeria to be quite honest and this is something that i i, I think you know i definitely would try to get more informed about but presumably it wasn't until the seventh day um so so her mom keeps trying to call um at this point i don't know if the parents had reported this to the cops or anything like that but on the seventh day apparently the mom recalls that one of the men picked up the phone actually picked up the call which is crazy and told her that cynthia was sick And so not too long afterwards, they then implied that Cynthia had been kidnapped and they asked the mom for 20 million naira, um, ransom, which this girl has been dead for seven days. And then you ask the mother for 20 million naira ransom. So these boys, I don't know if they, you know, had this, if it was premeditated, if they just, you know, meant to kind of just, you know, like cheat this girl out of some money and it was just something that went completely you know crazy and just you know like I I, I I don't even know because you know it's there are a lot of times where you know people kind of like cheat someone out of money they're like you know you just you have this four one nine boy so four one nine is a term that we use in Nigeria um for essentially crooks like people who um commit fraud and so a lot of times you know bleh, I mean, I'm not saying every single one of them. But the point is, a lot of times they're not necessarily, necessarily intending to kill anyone. They just want to, like, swindle you out of money, you know. But the thing that I strongly believe is that there is a really thin line between someone who, you know, is cheating and stealing. And, like, literally, you just keep pushing the boundaries. If you are pushed enough, you can end up killing to try to hide some of those things that you've done. Um, so I don't know if this was the case for this man, but Cynthia's mom, poor lady. Um, and essentially Fata asked this man if they had killed her daughter and they said no, they said she was just sick and she couldn't come to the phone. And so they then ended up tracing this phone call to Festac, which is in Lagos state. Um, there her missing persons police report was submitted to like the the specific um branch of i guess police station in festac and so this is where her family was finally able to trace her body to the morgue and um that also led them to the hotel um and so it's it's just so sad because um they said that the police in lagos delayed the release of cynthia's body to her parents for the burial because they had intended to carry out an autopsy on the body um and and at that point the the um pathologist was still working on an autopsy which was going on at the time she was identified so I don't know how long it takes to get an autopsy done but I mean well then well seven days I guess they couldn't I guess they couldn't carry out an autopsy before they identified the body I mean they would have to leave the they would have to leave the body in the morgue first, I assume, and let the family members come to identify the body before they then proceed to carry an autopsy. But um, I mean, it really doesn't even matter. It's just all sad. So eventually, her body was released for the for the um, for burial, and she was um, she was buried in her hometown. Um, it's just her home hometown in in Delta State in Nigeria. It's just very very sad. And just thinking about all of this, you know, and I think for me, like I, I you know, over the course of um, all of the episodes that I have, we can talk a lot about, you know, um, you know, different parts of, uh, you know, true crime. We can talk about the actual crime. We can talk, focus a lot on the crime scene We can talk about maybe the trial depending on how interesting it is or how I feel like I can relate the information. Um, We can focus a lot on the perpetrators. We can focus a lot on the victims. And I think it would vary per episode. Um, But I think for starters, this is a good place for me to kind of end. I'm just going to talk solely about um, her life and the crime and finding her. Um, Do you know what? Actually, no, that, that doesn't seem like a good place to end um so we'll talk briefly about um the trial so about um, a month after she was buried the trial started in lagos state um this is where i kind of got thrown off because you know i'm using wiki so you get what you get they talk about like six people were arrested at the beginning of the investigation they were the two people we talked about already um the Facebook friends, which is like um, Ezeke and also Okuomo. So both of them were the Facebook friends. And then they also arrested this other person called Osita Orji, who was a pharmacist who sold the um, rufinol to them. And then also someone called Nonso Ezeke, who is also, who is a brother of one of the Facebook friends. And, um, he assisted in selling the BlackBerry phone of Cynthia after she had passed away. Um, so they talk about six people, but then that's only four people that were mes- mentioned. So I don't, and, and I don't, excuse me, I don't know where they never talked about any other people. Um, and so they, I mean, it's just really, really sad listening to all of this because, um, so let's see what the what the final charges were so this they they charged them on six different counts so six count charge of conspiracy murder armed robbery rape unlawful administration of, the, of of obnoxious substance and forceful administration of obnoxious substance with a view to causing bodily harm um to to someone and so those were those were the charges that they they brought on to them and um which is all of the people who were accused um were were um they all pleaded not guilty to so all six counts, which is like okay, whatever. Um so you know, I mean obviously at this point all of these men have different involvements in it. I think the first two men were the men who initiated it and then over the course of I think the time um between the like them abusing her raping her killing her and then also disposing the body or well, leaving the body and then selling like her 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 um personal personal belongings they also pulled in other people um so i wouldn't really go through a lot you know wiki talks about all of the the um you know everything that happened and you know they go through all of the trial fairly extensively but I don't think it's necessary to go through that um but the judge held that um so let's try to see what they ended up coming up with This is so. so I'm reading here that the court ended up granting bail to two of um, two of the like the the last two men that I talked about. The one who was a pharmacist and the younger brother who sold the BlackBerry. Um, They ended up granting bail to them, while the other two who allegedly committed the offense of murder were remained in prison in Lagos. Um, And so. For the younger brother Nanso, who was the one who sold the blackberry, the judge granted him bail. Um, and then, uh, and then in finally on March twenty third, twenty seventeen, mind you, um, Cynthia, the Cynthia was murdered on on um, July twenty first, two thousand and twelve. So this was a good four years after um, five years after, um, the, they, they ended up sentencing those two men, um, the, um, last name, Juan Bufo and Izzy they ended up sentencing, sentencing them to death by hanging, and, um, it's just so sad because, you know, whenever I listen to all of these true crime things, you know, there's, I feel like everyone has, you know, their own idea of what, um, is a satisfactory, satisfactory punishment for someone, you know. And obviously, what I would feel would be nowhere near what Cynthia's family would feel. And you know, but whatever it is, you know, you hang the person. It's, you know, the death penalty. The person is life in prison, x amount of years in prison. You know, it. I, I assume it would bring maybe some peace to the family and maybe some closure. But at the end of the day, it just never brings the person that this happened to. It never brings them back. And I think that's always the saddest part because it's like, you go through all of this stuff and at the end of the day, you know, there's just so much pain. There's just so much pain that is left. But, um, so Cynthia's murder, um, you know, especially brought, you know, had a lot of Media exposure, But what he did is that he exposed the dark side of the internet in the way that at that point, maybe a lot of people weren't imagining, especially in Nigeria. Um, and so her mother was and this is where I'm always really happy when I hear of family members, you know, especially parents, um, mothers who end up, you know, when something so tragic happens, you people react in so many different ways. A lot of times, sometimes people just shut down and um, they don't know what to do. But it it seems to me like, you know, her mother ended up kind of taking this upon herself. She started advising a lot of young people to be very cautious of making friends with people that they don't know. She stated that that youth um, should be very careful, especially when they're making friends in social media. Um, She said, like, and this is her quote, like, in the case, um, she said, we have seen in the case of my daughter, such friends may have ulterior motives. So let me actually quote exactly what she said. She said, Um, in quotes, the youth should be very careful, especially when they're making friends in social media. Like we have seen in the case of my daughter, such friends may have ulterior motives. Um, The police um, also said in the incident, um, said the incident was was a wake-up call to a lot of parents to be a lot more vigilant about what their children are involved in, which is very interesting, right? Because this girl was 24, so she wasn't a child by You know, in Nigeria it's different. You know, so she she she's obviously someone's child, but she wasn't like a a a young child, you know. And so, but but you know, I'm sure a lot of parents would have been so nervous and so much more vigilant, and, and young people should be as well. And in 2020, I wish we could say that things are so different. Um, but sometimes it almost even feels like sometimes it's just a lot more scarier um, when you think about the horrors of sh- social media and what can happen. But um, I think this will conclude our very first episode. Um, I would appreciate any feedback that anyone can offer me. Um, but I think for now, we're going to end our very first episode. This, um, talked about the murder of Cynthia Okogosu. Um, and I just pray for, um, you know, that her soul may continue to rest in perfect peace. And I pray for strength and I pray for, um, and strength for her family and for peace and just love for her family. Um, and for any victims of, of, of. violence. Um, Thank you once again for listening. Once again, um, this is a first episode of Stories by T, a podcast about telling stories and enjoying conversations. Um, I'm hoping that this is going to be the first of very, 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 very many exciting conversations with each other that really only wouldn't be centered around true crime, but true crime is going to be one of the series that we have. So yeah, here goes, nothing. Thank you and have a good rest of the day.